Hey loggers, welcome to another bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown. Uh, well, you know what I've been playing through pretty much all of 2020, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, if you've been following, has been Persona 5. Um, now, I'm certainly not going to try and wrap up all of my thoughts on Persona 5 in a single episode, especially a bite-sized episode. That would be kind of crazy. Uh, we actually have some big plans to talk about the game now that both Nate and I have finished it, and some of our friends as well. We might have some friends on to talk about. Who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll check it out. Um, but before we uh, jump into the entirety of Persona 5, I wanted to, to preempt the conversation a little bit with a discussion of kind of that theme that runs through the series in general of what a persona is and and how, what how we see this in in modern life this concept this theme of a persona and what we can learn about it what it says about humanity as well so that's what we're going to be taking a look at today now i'm primarily going to be looking at it through the lens of persona 5 and how they use uh personas but uh, it, it does run through the whole at least i've only played three four and five um into those games what a persona maybe the first two have more to do with it but anyways we'll see kind of how this this works and, and how it how you use it in gameplay as well as what it means um just kind of in general and where it came from so um a persona a persona, just the word itself, it's actually, uh, I believe, a Greek term. No, no it's Latin. I think it's Latin because um, I think it was Romans, right? Romans as opposed to Greeks. I could be wrong. But anyways, it just means a mask. Um, so if you know uh, the general kind of like iconography for drama um, or for theater is the two masks, the happy mask and the sad mask, um, those are personas. Like a persona is is a literal mask that you wear in theater uh, because you're taking on the role of a different character. And so it, it goes beyond just a mask. The mask is actually just the physical portrayal of this idea of taking on um, someone else's character. And so that's what a, a persona, where the term persona came from. It's taking on the characteristics of another person. Um, in the Persona series, it's generally <laughs> actually taking on different cultural archetypes with their specific backstory and characterization. So if you're familiar with the Shin Megami Tensei um, series at all, you know that there are demons in those games. In those, Well, what are termed demons. And those demons are actually pulled from various world religions and they're different kind of archetypes and different characters that you see, whether it's um, folk myths, folk Irish myths, or whether it is uh, Norse mythology or Greek mythology, um, or even some weird like Kabbalah uh, Jewish th things as well in there. And they pull these different characters and they call them demons in the game. Um, and so in, in Persona, these different uh, cultural archetypes, these different, they're, they're not called demons in the Persona series. They're, I believe, well, no, they're called Personas. <laughs> um, but th that's what it pulls from to create these different cultural archetypes. And so these are your Personas. And so the, your main character in these games takes on the different Personas, and the different Personas have different um, skills in battle. They have different stats. It's basically a way that you can interact with the rest of the game 
um, while you battle, but also not only just while you battle, you're also taking on these characteristics to improve your social links with other characters. So this is interesting because it's showing that your main character actually has to take on these characteristics of these folk archetypes in order to better connect with other people. So that's really interesting. And and this also pulls from, you know, I, I talked about kind of how personas were a, a Greek, a Roman concept. I believe it's Roman. I'm pretty sure it's Roman, but it could have been Greek. I don't remember. Um, but more um, in kind of the modern world, it actually pulls from Jungian uh, psychology. So Carl Jung had this whole psychological um, hierarchy, this whole psychological system that he created. And the concept of a persona to Carl Jung was um, basically the role that you play as a person um, in different spheres of life. And it's, it's primarily, the persona was used for social interaction primarily. So it's this part of you that other people see, but one that you put on to show other people. So um, one of the YouTube videos that I watched about this uh, talked about it. Think of it as like your Facebook profile, okay? On your Facebook profile, you put up things that you want other people to see about you, but your Facebook profile is not you. It's not the entire essence of who you are. It is just the role that you play online. It's just what you want people to see for a specific instance. And this is really interesting uh, because in the, in the concept of, of, of persona in general, you, you can take this a couple different ways. So first of all, you can say, okay, well, the idea of putting on a mask for different social situations is deceitful, right? Because you're not showing your true colors. Um, that's actually the definition of being a hypocrite is taking on these characteristics just because they're useful in the moment, right? Because you want people to think of you as a certain way. Um, for instance, you know, the idea of, of a persona, this Jungian concept of a persona, uh, think of it like you're going into, um, you have a job interview, right? And so you want to present the best version of yourself, the version of yourself that you think this company will hire. You're not going to go into your issues at home. You're not going to go into uh, even your lack of self-confidence that you can even do this job. No, no, no. You're going to present yourself as a completely professional, upstanding human being so that you will get hired, right? And like I said, we can we can view this negatively. We can recognize that you may be deceitful when you do something like that. That, that, that. That's the temptation, is that we can be uh, pulled towards putting this version of ourselves forward for other people to see, even when it's wrong, when it's false. Um, and that is being a hypocrite, because you're not truly becoming your persona. Again, it, going back to the Jungian concept, okay? So, so we recognize that it can be useful in certain situations, uh, but going back to this concept of what a persona is, um, when you put on a persona, and this is reflected in game for the persona games as well, you're not truly becoming something completely different. It really is just a veneer, a thin veneer. It's a facade, um, it is literally just a mask that you're wearing. You are actually behind the mask. And so there are certain aspects, certain traits of yourself that you are expressing, but there's also a lot that you're hiding. Um, so again, I just have to pose the question, 
does this mean that we're lying when we wear another persona? Um, I think about it in, you know, in, in everyday life. Okay. So that's, that's persona in the game, but we also recognize that we do this in our lives. And so we have to ask, is this, is this lying? Is this deceitful? Is this, you know, sinful at its core that we would do something like this? Well, at the same time on the other, the other side of that coin there, is this idea helpful that there are certain roles that we play I think of something like, um, I'm, I am a father to my children, and so I play this role of a father towards them, and I do change how I act when my kids are around, right? I don't use certain words around them. I try and temper myself a bit more. I try and um, think of different ways to communicate concepts to them. Uh, so that they can learn about the world in general. So I think it, it can be beneficial, certainly. And I think there's a certain aspect in which we do want to adapt to our culture on a superficial level in order to communicate with other people, right? Uh, if if you don't take on the cultural customs, I, I think of something like a missionary, right? You're going into a different uh, culture, and you want to be able to enter into that culture and participate in that culture in order to share the truth of Christ with them, right? I mean, that, that is beneficial. Does that mean that you are not being authentically you, that you're not being your true self when you put on the persona of a different culture? Uh, I, I mean, I would say no. I, that, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, even stepping farther back, do you necessarily have to be your true authentic self 100% of the time? Um, because I think, well, like I said, in certain contexts, it, it is very useful to play a certain role and not to show all of yourself all the time. I think of the proverb, you know, even the fool um, who doesn't say, I'm totally botching it here, but even the fool who doesn't say anything in the presence of a king is going to be thought wise and rather than opening his mouth and showing himself to be a fool, right? Uh, so there are, you don't want to show yourself and what you're thinking 100% of the time. You don't have to. So again, all that to say is that I do think that there are useful um, ways in which we can think of this idea of putting on a persona or wearing a different mask in, in different situations. Um, you know, even mirroring certain, certain people and fitting in into certain contexts. I mean, it can be very useful and helpful. Now, certainly, like I said, there is the danger that you could use it to be deceitful, right? Uh, and, and you think of like the used car salesman or the corrupt lawyer, right? Who, who just, um, says what whatever you want to hear so that you'll sign on the dotted line okay there certainly there is that temptation as well um but as adults we are put in certain situations where we need to show different sides of ourselves uh when you go to work you're expected to be professional right when i'm at home i don't uh, present myself as professionally <laughs> to my wife and kids as i do at work um even certain friendships you know that your spouse ought to know more about you than some guy that you just met, right? You should be able to share more of, of that authentic part of you behind the mask to your spouse than someone that you just met. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a number of different things. Yes, it can be useful, um, but I do think it also runs the risk of 
of deceit as well. And so we have to be careful, um, again, taking this theme from the game, because it's, it's a heavy theme in these Persona games, right? Like I said, you are taking on the characteristics of these ancient archetypes, right, that have been handed throughout history, which is a really, to me, that's a really cool concept that um, there are these existing, there are these characters who have resonated throughout time so strongly that we still know of them today and we can relate to them, right? Um, We talked about on the podcast probably last year when we uh, read through the Book of Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. And man, it is so cool to read those stories and to be able to connect with those characters. And it says something about our human um, experience as well by hearing, you know, what these folk tales of what these these characters had been through. Um, So I do think it's a cool concept in game that you're able to take on those characteristics. But man, when you think about it, this entire game, thinking particularly about Persona 5, but also other Personas as well, um... The entire game is you taking on different personae, personas, and using them so that you can be uh, more equipped, a better warrior in battle, and so that you can connect with people as well. And again, I just, oh man, that can that definitely runs the risk of being deceitful, right? I, I mean, I know purely from a gameplay standpoint, I would have certain personas in my party just so that when I had social interactions with other characters, that they would like me more. Um, And that is, I mean, in essence, that is using uh, other people, right? Now, this is a video game, so it's different from real life. But I think that tells us about real life as well. We need to be careful that that's not what we're doing because we don't want to be liars. (laughs) We don't want to lie to other people about who we are. Yet at the same time, understanding that we don't show all of ourselves to absolutely everyone. That's just not possible. So in in kind of thinking through this theme of what a persona is and how it's useful and how it's dangerous as well, I, I just have to pose the question, what is behind all of this? What is the underlying assumption about humanity that we can take from this idea, this concept of a persona? And what does this teach us about ourselves? And when I think, as I've been thinking about this concept for a while, playing through this game for the first half of 2020, um, one thing that I think that it says without saying it, it's, it's implicit, but it is a presupposition of having to use these personae, is that we are not who we want to be right? It means that we are not complete. It means that we have to take on different characteristics in order to function in society. It means that we're broken, that we need help, that we need more than just ourselves. And I think that is a great realization because that opens the doors wide for the gospel. It shows us that we are broken people, you know, that the simplicity of the gospel, that we are fallen mankind, that we are we have a broken relationship with God. We rebelled against him, and yet he loved us so much that he sent his son to reconcile our relationship with him. And now we are to, to bend the knee to God. We are to uh, recognize how great he is, how sinful we are, and what he has done on our behalf and we uh, and that he gives us so much he he adopts us into his family um with that recognition so i i think understanding that we are not who we want to be is is 
is a great first step. So even though this, um, you know, is a largely kind of, I'll say, I was going to say pagan, I will say unbiblical concept, right? It doesn't really, we don't talk about personas when we, when we're reading the Bible. Um, but I think it's assumption. You can't get away from what's true about humanity is that we are not who we want to be. In addition, there are parts of ourselves that we don't want to show others, right? That's another realization that we come as we think about the concept on the concept of personas is that all of our thoughts and our, our, our words are actually everything inside of us, um, is not right. You know, there are parts of us that we don't want anyone to see. We know that we are sinful, right? We know that we can't bear our souls to everyone um, lest they judge us, and rightfully so. We have shame for some of the decisions that we've made, um, for even our heart's attitudes and our thoughts. Uh, Understanding that we have to wear these personae, we have to also recognize (laughs) that there are parts of ourselves that we don't want other people to see. And finally, as, as I think about these persona games and how it uses these personas, um, I think that putting on all these different personas as you go through the game is not a picture of true change, right? If it's simply wear, if, if putting on a persona, it's simply wearing a mask. It's wearing a literal mask in Persona 5, then who is the real you, right? You're only using a persona in order to make social connections and things like that. You're, you're, you're putting forth a certain version of yourself to get other people to like you more or to enter into relationships with other people. But that's not, but putting on, playing a role is not really changing yourself. If you know that you're not who you want to be, then just simply playing a different role playing a different character is not true change. And I think as Christians, we have the answer, right? The scripture says that we are a new creation in Christ. We're not who we want to be before Christ, but Christ makes us into a new creation. There is real change. We can actually be rid of those parts of ourselves that we don't like, those sinful parts of ourselves God is working in us in order to complete what he has started. Now, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, sinless perfectionism. I'm not saying we get rid of all of that immediately um, or that it's even possible to be perfect in this life. But there is a work that is being done. It is a true transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not simply putting on a different mask so that your attack stats go up, right? Um or so that you can create a better social link. It is true change at a deep level. Again, scripture says a new creation. Your very being is changed, and you you move from death to life, and that is amazing. And I think that's something that we can see, even as we look at these different concepts and different video games. Uh, you know, the, these are the types of things that uh, I, I I like to it's a way to redeem some of the uh, not that not that recreation is is not that there's anything wrong with rec- recreation um, but it's a way to see these redemptive themes um, even in the games that we play so hopefully this has been helpful hopefully it's given you some thoughts um, and hopefully you can take this and kind of 
think through how to apply it as well in your own life. Where are there areas in which you're being deceitful, right? I mean, that's a hard question to to answer. Um, but hopefully, you know, as, as you go through your backlog and play through different games, you can see some redemptive themes as well. But I appreciate uh, your time sticking with me here for the last like 20 minutes or so. And uh, hopefully you'll keep on listening into the future. Uh, thank you and good night. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.